Welcome to On the Bench. This is Brendan Sinone. We are continuing, just plugging along here. We are past the halfway point, I believe, of our Meet the Coaches series. Uh, it's been really fun and informative so far. I got Josh Newberg with me right now. Uh, through the magic of editing, we're recording this a few days <laughs> before you're hearing this. Josh is in a hurry to get to a Tampa Bay Lightning game. So, uh, Josh, go ahead and tell the people what we're what we're doing for them today. <laughs> No need to explain all that, but yeah, we are sitting down <laughs> with Florida State's offensive coordinator, Kenny Dillingham. He's had an incredible rise. Um, young man out here, younger than me and Brendan. It's crazy to, to talk to an offensive coordinator that is now younger than us, isn't it, Brendan? Um, I, I guess. I don't know. Is but, he younger than me? I'm 31. How old is Kenny? Is he 30? We never asked. I think he's 30. Don't, so, listen, to the, don't listen to the podcast <laughs> if you want to know. <laughs> we dropped the ball on that one. No, but Dillingham gave great insight into his rise and, you know, kind of explain, kind of shows you a little bit behind the curtain of where his confidence comes from and and it's rooted in hard work. So let's get to Kenny Dillingham on the other side of this break. You ready, Brendan? Yeah. The the one thing I'm going to say, I know you want to go, so I'm just trying to annoy you right (laughs) right now is if you want to know how you become a coordinator at the FBS level, like in your twenties, uh, this this is going to give you insight into how, because Kenny is wow. a grinder and has amazing energy. Uh, stick with us. Uh, we'll I'll be, take uh, that, hold on, Brendan. I'll take that a step further. All right. If you want to exceed at the highest level of nearly anything, anything in anything. any industry, yep. I think the way that Kenny Dillingham shows that he got there could work across almost any, any industry. So enjoy this one. All right, welcome back to On the Bench. We have Kenny Dillingham, FSU's offensive coordinator, quarterback's coach. Kenny, welcome to On the Bench. Let me start off by asking, uh, how much coffee have you had today? It's three cups of black coffee. Three cups? Oh. oh, decaf? <laughs> not, really, not really decaf, no, but <laughs> uh, three cups of coffee. I usually yeah. go in the morning, mid-morning, and then one after lunch. So That's, that's pretty standard for you? Pretty standard. Yes, sir. Got to right. keep the diesel running through your veins at all times. I like That's it. right. I like it. He doesn't, it doesn't slow down. No, I'm black coffee uh, fan myself as well. Uh, if, if I put in cream or sugar for how much uh, coffee I drink, that would be uh, obesity coming on. So, all right, Ken, here we go. You ready for this? We, uh, first question I want to is basically going to go linear here. Uh, how did you decide you want to get into coaching? I know you got in at a very young age. How did that all, how did that all develop for you? You know, I was born and raised in a sports family. Uh, none of my family members were, you know, good enough or talented enough to, to play college football. Uh, so, but we were passionate football fans. I mean, since the day I was born. Uh, and obviously, my older brothers were 14, 15 years older than me. Uh, so I was kind of forced to go to sporting events my entire life. Uh, so I was around football, and football was. Uh, my life growing up and then my senior year high school or going into my senior year high school, I tore my ACL. When I tore my ACL, uh, my coach at the time, Charlie Regal, who's now the special teams coordinator at Cal pretty much said, Hey, uh, you do know you're not a great athlete. So if you want to stay in football, you're going to have to coach. And uh, so I started coaching my, my junior or the end, my senior year. Uh, I started coaching and uh, I, I just loved it. I mean, it was something I knew I wanted to do. Uh, I didn't really know where I wanted to go with it. I just know I wanted to coach. I wanted to be around the game. I wanted to be around the brotherhood, impact people. So I just started coaching from there. And, uh, you know, it just kind of everything else 
just kind of happened. Un- understanding that maybe you weren't going to go on to college to play football, to still be around it your entire life, Kenny, and then uh, going into your senior season, have a, a, a significant knee injury like that. Oh, I guess what, what was, I, I broke my leg going into my senior year. I played all the way up from, from Pop Warner and then senior year uh, broke my leg. So I, I can relate, I guess. What, what was that like for you to, to, to have that happen? I mean, it was at the time, you know, that, that old song, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. I mean, that was the definition of it. You know, at the time it was devastating, but uh, looking back on it, I mean, if I would have played my senior year, I probably would have gone on to play D3 ball somewhere, and I would have had a completely different path into coaching and have a completely different life. And uh, that injury at, at the time was, like I said, devastating. But when you look back on it, that's what started my career. That's what made me who I am today. Uh, and it was horrible at the time, but uh, everything happens for a reason. Coach, it's Newberg. What's up? I've had a ch- I've had a handful of chances to watch you operate in your natural habitat. Uh, your energy is what stands out to me. At times, it cracks me up. It's hilarious. Um, but I just kind of noticed, like you vibrate at a different frequency than anybody around you. Where did where did this come from? Is it inherited? Did you learn it? Like where does at its core, where does it come from? Three cups of coffee a day. Nah, it's more than that. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's just I mean, who I am. I mean, I'm a goofy, passionate, energetic dude that, you know, I, I truly, I truly wake up every day and try to be the best I can be. And I, I, everybody wants to do that. Everybody tries to do that. I do everything I can every day to be the very best I can be and have fun doing it. Cause I know some people dwell on the negative and, and I pride myself on being able to look at the positives of every situation, go out there and be the very best I can be personally. And uh, if I can be my best every day, I hope I set a standard uh, for our players to go out and and try to be the very very best they can be every day. And it's just one of those things. I've just always been like that. It's entertaining. Um, You, you were with Mike Norvell for a while at Arizona state. Then you were on the field with him again at Memphis. And in 2018, he promotes you to OC. You guys have an outstanding year. Uh, You guys break records. You finish in top fives for rushing touchdowns, all kinds of stuff. Were you nervous at all to leave the situation you were at at Memphis to go to Auburn where there was kind of rumors about Gus, maybe being on the hot seat. What were you thinking? I wasn't. I mean, I, I had confidence that, you know, that I could add value. And I mean, at the end of the day, everywhere you go and in everything you do in life, your goal is to add value. Uh, and I knew if I went to Auburn that uh, I feel like I could add value and just bringing energy alone. Even though Coach Miles on at Auburn, you know, I had a lot less say in the offense and Coach Miles on was the play caller and was extremely involved. But I knew that that's a small piece to the puzzle and just getting there and bringing energy, bringing passion, bringing that mindset of how we're going to work every day is going to add value. And, and I had confidence that, that I could bring that step to the offense there and, and make the football team better. So I, I never get worried. I'm not a guy who looks at the glass or thinks of the glass as half empty. So to me, that was an opportunity to take a situation yeah, at a great program and try to be the best we could be. 
And uh, the situation, obviously, with Coach Norvell, is that's a guy I've always wanted to want to work with, and uh, that's why I'm back here with him. But it was a situation uh, for me, and uh, that Coach also believed that it was the best situation for myself, and uh, it was the best situation for Florida State because me having those opportunities now being here, I'm a much better coach for it. Kenny, back backtracking a little bit. When when did you first meet Coach Norvell, and and how did you manage to uh, to get on his you get up basically on the Arizona State staff at at such a young age? Uh, well, everybody talks about how most high school coaches they want young high school guys they want to get into college football, and uh, me I knew nobody, zero people. The only guy I knew was my high school coach who just became an analyst at the Arizona at the time. And uh, other than that, I knew nobody. And uh, I knew I had to just go shake hands and meet people. And uh, the first four years I coached, I didn't do that because I was, you know, embarrassed. You're 20, 21. And who does this offense coordinator in the Pac-12 want to talk to me? No. And then eventually I said, you know what? If I never do it, well, then nobody will ever know me. So I went out to an Arizona State practice. After practice, you know, I walked up to Coach Norvell and I said, hey, Kenny Dillingham worked at Jabra High School, and uh, he just told me to come up to practices and and come up to meetings, and I went up every single day and didn't say a word, but I wanted him to know how serious I was taking it. And uh, then I wanted to take what he was teaching and apply it. And then when he would come out to recruit our kids and come out to the practices, uh, I knew I'd be able to show him how I coach. Because at the end of the day, everybody can say they want to coach. Everybody can say they, whatever they want to do in life. But so you showed people uh, every day who you are. That was all I wanted him to see. I wanted him to see the work ethic of me coming up there. And then I knew the one time he'd come to practice, I could show him how I coach. And uh, through that, we just built a relationship. And, the, and an opportunity opened up. And he felt like I added value to his staff. But at the end of the day, like I said, every job that comes available – is about do you add value to our staff? Uh, and uh, I, he felt that I had a value in that position because of hopefully the work ethic I showed and then my ability to coach and teach that he saw on the field. A two-part question. When you were in those meetings before you, you joined Coach Norvell's staff, before you were working at Arizona State, and you're just there going to meetings every single day like he, he said you could, it's one, how many did you go to <laughs> and, until you – you actually were employed by Arizona state. And then two, uh, how much, like, can you even quantify like how much you learned just from sitting there and, and watching? Uh, the number I got no clue. I mean, it got to the point where I, <laughs> I remember it clearly a guy by the name of Samuel Watson, who was currently an offensive analyst there at the time said, Hey, uh, Kenny, we got another room in the back. It's a closet. We don't use if you just want to put up a desk back there. <laughs> so, and that was when I was a high school coach. So uh, just joking around, but that was how much I was up there. And, uh, and then at the same time from a, uh, sorry, what was the second question again? Just how, like, can you quantify like how much you learned? How, I guess I'm imagining that you learned a ton just from sitting and watching, like how, how much. Yeah. And, and how much, I, how much I learned was I learned football from a defensive perspective. So I learned, a lot of my ball from a guy named Conrad Hamilton, who's still a high school coach out there, played for the Giants, phenomenal football coach. 
So being able to take the, the defensive knowledge that I had with the offensive knowledge that I had and combine that with how Coach Norvell attacked defenses at the time with the second and third level RPOs, which is innovative, which was innovative, you know, seven years ago. Nowadays, everybody does it. Uh, and that's why we have to continue to adapt. But just seeing the way he attacks it and the way the system was designed, not necessarily from an offensive perspective, the defenses, the, def- the offense was designed to attack how defenses coach. And to me, that was the best part about it. And so that's why for me, it was a natural fit and I could apply it immediately to our guys uh, in high school was because how he was coaching it, how he was teaching it was so simple and was so logical that it was easy for me to apply, but it was cutting edge. And that's what obviously makes Coach Mobile great is his ability to take these complex situations and simplify them for the quarterback and simplify them for an offense. Coach, what's your recruiting territory going to be at Florida State? Oh, south of Tampa all the way to Dade County. Okay, I got you. Um, What did you learn on the recruiting trail during your time at Auburn? Just learned that it's about relationships. I mean, everything is about relationships. Relationships with our players, relationships with recruits, relationships with high school coaches, relationships to other people in this building. I mean, everything you do is relationships based. I wouldn't be here if I didn't build a relationship one day. So I think the thing I learned the most was recruiting is, I hate the word recruiting because recruiting makes me think like we're trying to convince somebody to come here. I'm not trying to convince somebody to come here. I'm trying to show somebody why they should want to come here. And that there's a big, and there's a big mm-hmm. difference in that because of the transfer portal nowadays, if you recruit somebody, to me, that word is like tricking, selling them to come here. Well, there's an odds are they're not going to one fit. There's a great odd that they're going to leave. And to me, I want to show somebody and teach somebody why they should want to come here. Mm. And because when you get a whole bunch of players, when you get a roster full of people who want to come here because of facts, because of how hard we work, because if you come here, it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done in your entire life. It's not going to be roses and candy canes. It's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done. We want guys who want to attack that. We want guys who want that challenge. So I think for me, the relationship aspect that I learned mm-hmm. and then Yes, the the part of don't need to trick somebody. Be honest, be upright, and challenge them. You want guys who want to compete. Yeah, and how nowadays, especially at the quarterback position, how do you juggle the transfer portal with recruiting prep quarterbacks? I know you guys took a stand this offseason and do not intend to take a transfer quarterback. You know, Coach Norvell came on this podcast and said so. But generally speaking, how do you look at it? It's just, you're always trying to improve your football team. So I think if you feel good about your roster, mm-hmm. you feel good about the guys you've got coming in, then, you know, the portal's not necessary. Uh, if you don't feel good about your roster and you feel like you need to dip into the portal, then, then you have that if you have the right guy. But uh, I think that's an impossible thing to explain what our, like the value we put on the portal at the quarterback position because that mm-hmm. could change any moment, you know? 
So uh, right. we're looking to we're always looking to improve our football team, but at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean every kid in the portal fits us. We're looking for quarterbacks that that fit us, and uh, that's the most important thing. And Coach, speaking of, of quarterbacks, I guess when you're looking at that position, evaluating, regardless if it's internal, like who you have now, if it's recruits, uh, what are the key attributes or like the most important? Like what's the secret sauce that you're looking for with the quarterback uh, overall? Winning. Winning. <laughs> at the end of the day, you can come out to all these camps. You can do all these. whatever. If you compete, you better win. That's it. If you're going to compete in something, if you're going to go to a seven-on-seven tournament, if you're going to play for seven-on-seven teams, when you take the field on Friday night, we want guys who win. And winning's relative. So that doesn't mean every quarterback we sign is going to win state. It means that that team wins when you're on the field. It means that, that you added so much value to that football team that when the game was on the line, you found a way to win. Because some people have it and some people don't. And uh, we're always looking for guys. That secret sauce is winning. That secret sauce is work ethic. Do you like the fact that you play quarterback? Or do you love the fact that the ball's in your hand every snap? And there's a difference. Some people like the fact that they play quarterback and their face is on TV. Some people love the fact that the ball's in their hand when the game's on the line. That special sauce are those guys who love the ball in their hand with the game on the line and the same guy finds a way to make a play. And we don't care if making a play is making seven dudes miss running around hurdling three dudes and diving into the end zone for the win. Or we don't care if making the play is taking a big three sticking and throwing a vertical post of 42 yards and two yards outside the hash and dropping a dime in there for a touchdown. Everybody does it a different way. We just want a guy who can find a way to win. One guy, Coach, we, we, I know we've asked you a lot when you've done media availability. You've been asked about the incoming quarterbacks, the guys you've signed. Uh, someone that you've got a chance to interact with more now is James Blackman, and, and he's had an interesting career at Florida State given uh, this is, he's on his third head coach since he's been here, I believe fourth offensive coordinator. There's been a lot of change around him. I guess what have you seen from James uh, in your experiences with him so far? And uh, what do you think you could kind of do to help him uh, settle in given all the, you know, how unstable things I guess have been around him through this point in his career? Like what can you do to help him in that regard? Build a relationship. Let him trust me. You know, when you've gone through his fourth coach in four years, it's hard to trust and uh, it's hard to have trust. And if you don't have trust personally, it's hard to trust in the profession and in the sport. It's hard to trust what that guy's saying. So the biggest thing for me is to show them that, you know, we're going to have a relationship that lasts a lifetime. And through that, he's shown these last month and a half that we've been working, that he's putting in the work and uh, ups and downs. But for the most part, he's a guy who brings it every day. And uh, we always, we talk about in the quarterback room, consistency is the mark of a champion. And if you're going to play that position, you better be consistent. And that consistency, the standard of it better be excellence. If you're consistently average, you know, that ain't good. You've got to consistently be excellent to be a great quarterback. And um, I've been happy with what what he's done. He's gained 10 pounds or 11 pounds in uh, the last month and a half uh, since we started a workout program. So I'm, I'm proud of what he's putting in and the work he's putting into it.
I'm excited to get out on the field with a football and get to coach them here in about three weeks, two weeks. Yes. Yeah, spring, spring ball is coming up really, really quickly. Uh, Last question I have for you, coach. Uh, it's not a super serious one. Don't worry. Uh, w- during your first press conference with us, you made a Harry Potter reference. Do you happen to know what house you're in? What Harry Potter house you're in? Oh, I mean, Jeez. I don't know. What's the little, doesn't the little hat pick? The hat, the hat. To, you know, choose. Oh, oh you, don't, you don't know. There's, there, go right. to Potter, pottermore.com, coach, and you could pick your house for you. Or it'll it'll help you pick it. Oh, I better be a Gryffindor because they win. You know what I mean? So, you know, if, if I had to pick it, you know, I'd pick the Gryffindor so I actually win, you know? So I, I'm, I'm that would be my opinion. I'm a Hufflepuff, <laughs> shockingly. I think I think it would be Gryffindor, too. That's, yeah, it makes sense for those who know. Yeah, Hufflepuff, that's cute. You know? <laughs> All right. All right. This is a perfect place to wrap it up. Coach Kenny Dillingham. Thank you for joining Josh and myself on the bench. We appreciate it. Thanks for having fun with us and, and sharing uh, to our audience, your story to to get to this point at Florida state. We're really excited to see what you're going to do with this offense. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, man. Talk to you soon. See ya. Offensive coordinator, Kenny Dillingham. I knew you guys were going to bond over Harry Potter. That wasn't even a question. He said said Hufflepuff is cute. (laughs) He, he cracks me up, man. I, I've had, I've only seen him in action a few times, but every time now I, I go up to Tallahassee, I look forward to it. He's just, he's bouncing around. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to finish that. Uh, that Doing one, some but, things. Uh, uh. He, he definitely bounces around. And um, he, you know who he reminds me of? He remind. he's a spitting image of Shane Burnham. Shane Burnham coaches at UCF, but his dad used to coach linebackers at Florida state. He coached Derek Brooks most notably, but he reminds me of Shane just bounces off the walls, endless energy. Um, I wonder how they get him to shut up in team meetings. I don't know if they want him to. He's clearly, you know, Ken, Kenny's a very like outside the box thinker too. If you, you spend a little time with him, he's like, he's thinking of things because of the energy is so like sporadic and all over the place. He's also thinking of things at a like different speed than a lot of people are too. So I'm sure that he brings a lot of, uh, a lot of insight into, into the offensive meeting rooms, uh, probably a little goofiness too, but that's probably a good thing. It's needed. I mean, Norvell's so straight laced and, and, you know, he, he hardly cracks a smile and all that when he's talking and working and, and Dillingham's kind of the balance of that. So I can see how they, those two work good together. What Harry Potter house do you think you're in? I've never seen Harry Potter. I hate to disappoint. Hmm. Yeah, all the generation the, before mine. I'm like just on the outside of Harry Potter. You didn't even read the books. None of it. I was probably, I was probably already in high school when all that came out. So too I, cool. I was too, too cool, cool for, for that. Yeah, yeah, clearly. All right. <laughs> all right. For, for Josh Newberg, uh, I'm Brendan Sinone of house Hufflepuff for, uh, Kenny Dillingham of house Gryffindor. We appreciate having him on. This has been on the bench. We'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Tomorrow.